Hello and welcome to this week's podcast on children's religious education at the Unitarian Universalist Church of Palo Alto. I'm Joe Chi, a member of the church's CRE committee and a teacher educator at Foothill College. And I'm Dan Harper, Assistant Minister of Religious Education. Dan, we've been talking about religious education and the development stages of children and adolescents. Last time, you talked about the general idea of religious and faith development, but this week, I'd like to get more specific. What do Sunday school teachers and youth advisors need to know about human development? First and foremost, every Sunday school teacher and youth advisor has to remember that in some ways, children and adolescents actually think and feel differently than we adults do. Children and teenagers are not little miniature adults. They change significantly as they grow and develop. Yes, there's a huge body of research that supports this idea. Developmental psychologists, cognitive scientists, and other scientists have done all kinds of interesting research in this area. And I think it's helpful for our listeners to hear a practical summary of some of these um, research uh, findings from the point of view of a Sunday school teacher and youth advisor. Without getting too technical, Dan, can you tell us the difference between different ages, between the different ages we see in the Sunday school and youth groups? Let's start with young children. Okay, young children, and by that I mean children aged three to four years old, are great fun to have in Sunday school. Physically, they're growing quickly and learning how to use their bodies. Cognitively, they can talk fluently, but most of them are not reading. They tend to think in very concrete terms, and they may not understand concepts that seem quite simple to an adult. Socially, they are just beginning to learn how to get along with other kids their age. And a lot of what we do in Sunday school is we teach them how to share, how to cooperate, how to get along in social situations. Morally, They get interested in stories that present simple moral situations. They get interested in fables. They're beginning to learn about right and wrong. Spiritually, they wonder about some of the big questions. They want to know about God and death and where babies come from. But they are often satisfied with straightforward, short answers to their questions. They don't necessarily want to get into the long discussions favored by some of us adults. And as a Sunday school teacher, I think the most satisfying thing about working with three- and four-year-olds is their sense of wonder. You take some water with red food coloring and some water with yellow food coloring, and you take a preschooler and show that preschooler that you can pour together these two different colors and get orange. And that three- or four-year-old has this deep sense of wonder. This is a miracle for them. (laughs) Um, How about children in the early elementary grades? Now we're talking about children from age 5 up through about age 8. Physically, these children are able to do much more than 3- and 4-year-olds. They have better fine muscle coordination. They're maybe beginning to learn how to write. And they have better gross muscle coordination so they can do more sports and games. In terms of singing, uh, their singing voice, at age 5, a lot of 5-year-olds can sing in a range that's limited to uh, from about middle C to about a sixth above. But by the time they're eight years old, a child's singing range can be well over an octave. Cognitively, you can begin to guide children in this age group into some pretty interesting conversations. And the conversations might not last a long time, but they can be very interesting while they do last. 
Socially, children of this age group are far more aware of the people around them, and they begin to be able to work together. Spiritually and religiously, this is a very interesting age. A few children in this age group actually begin to have transcendent experiences. Um, They begin to be moved by simple rituals like lighting a candle, and they can get quite a lot out of worship services, especially as they get towards seven and eight years old. They respond to mood and to atmosphere, to ritual and to music. Now that we've talked about young children and early elementary children, let's go older to um, older children age 9 to 12. Physically, uh, kids in this age range, their fine muscle coordination is quite good, so they can do more challenging art projects. Their gross muscle coordination is also good. Some of them are very good at sports and acting and creative movement. Cognitively, I think of this as the age of collecting. They collect facts, they collect things, they collect friends. Um, They're able to comprehend more complicated stories, and they begin reading chapter books, and they're willing to listen to more complicated stories as well. This is a great age uh, to lead discussions with. Morally, they're beginning to move away from a quid pro quo mentality. They're learning how to be functioning members of larger groups. In terms of larger groups, kids this age have caused absolutely the worst behavior problems I've ever seen in congregations. Um, And I think it's because they're, they're much more aware of larger groups. They're trying to influence larger groups, but often they're not fully aware of how their behavior can have a negative impact on people beyond them. Spiritually, They like being part of a congregation, part of a religious community. They like helping out around the congregation. They like feeling that they are a part of something. One of the hot trends in the nonprofit world um, that we're seeing right now is we're seeing a lot of growth in volunteering in this age group. They're actively looking for ways they can help out. And from older children, we now move through to puberty into early adolescence, right? Yeah. And when kids get into this age range, say about 11 to 14 years old, there are big changes. Um, Physically, they go through puberty sometime between the ages of 10 and 14 or 15. Uh, Kids suddenly become very aware of their sexuality as their bodies go through major growth and changes. Cognitively, they start thinking about big, challenging religious topics. They start questioning and thinking and they're often ready to have some pretty deep religious conversations. Socially, they are very focused on social interactions with their peers. They are beginning to push away from their parents, and I find that that also means that they're often looking for new, non-parent adult role models, which is great for those of us teaching Sunday school. Morally, they become aware of how their peers can hurt them, And they also become aware that we adults often don't live up to our stated ideals. Kids kids this age may also be so focused on peer approval that they let go of their own personal moral ideals just to better fit in with their peer group. Spiritually, they can experience stress and grief associated with the end of childhood and the onset of sexual maturity and they may begin questioning or challenging their parents' religious outlook. And at the same time, they may be seeking a lot of comfort from religion. How about older teens? 
teenagers aged uh, 14 to 18 are moving into adulthood. Physically, they start looking like adults. Uh, They may go through growth spurts that leave them clumsy and awkward at times. Cognitively, they finally can think in abstract terms. Yet their brains are still developing, and cognitive scientists have shown that adolescents actually use different parts of their brains for certain things than do adults. Socially, adolescents are still focused on peers. They are still looking for other adult role models beyond their parents, but they are socially much more adept than younger adolescents. They are capable of serving on congregational committees and boards, and when they are allowed to do so, they can bring energy and creativity that can be exciting to those uh, committees. Morally, they are often wrestling with big issues. They are asking themselves what they want to do with their lives. They are sorting out uh, when should they ignore their peers, when should they pay attention to their peers. They are discovering that sometimes they have to take lonely moral stands. Spiritually, they can be all over the map. Some people in this age range can appear more spiritually mature than some adults, while others may seem spiritually naive. Adolescents are capable of leading deep, meaningful worship services. They can begin to tackle difficult religious concepts, and they can participate actively in religious leadership in congregations and in the wider denomination. They can have really deep personal spiritual practices. In our culture, it is also possible for teenagers to completely ignore spiritual and religious matters. Is there anything else that um, teachers and advisors should know about religious development? Well, just one more thing, and that is that there seem to be three big transitional times in religious development of a young person that congregations should recognize. So when children get to be about seven or eight or so, many children feel ready, ready to be more formally involved in their congregation. And this is the age that more traditional Christian congregations might have First Communion or First Eucharist. In our congregation, this is the age when, where I see children feeling like they might want to sit away from their parents during worship services and when they might want to begin finding a way to volunteer in the congregation, perhaps serving as an usher. Then there's the transition out of childhood. So Jews have bar and bat mitzvah, Christians have confirmation. We have what we call coming of age. When we ask a young person about 14 years old to reflect on their religious faith and make a statement of their religious identity. Finally, there's a time at about age 18 when many young people leave home for college or to join the military or when they achieve some independence by getting their first full-time job. And this can be the most disruptive moment in a young person's life. And we've begun to recognize that transition in what we call a bridging ceremony, where we pledge to continue support, to support that young person wherever they might go, whenever they might need us. And each of these transition times relates to human development. Hey, Dan, it's helpful to have that big picture view of human development as seen from the vantage point of young people's place in the congregation. Uh, Do remember that I'm not an expert in human development and developmental psychology. I'm a working religious educator. And for someone who wants a more in-depth treatment, there's a great book available from the Unitarian Universalist Association titled Nurturing Children and Youth, a Developmental Guidebook. It's written by Tracy Hurd, who is a developmental psychologist. Thanks, Dan. That's it for this week's podcast on children's religious education at the Unitarian Universalist Church at Palo Alto. 
Thanks for listening. We welcome listeners' comments. Send us your thoughts and feedback by email or post a comment on our blog at paloaltocre.wordpress.com. I'm Dan Harper, Assistant Minister of Religious Education. And I'm Joe Chi, a member of the Church's CRE Committee and a teacher educator at Foothill College. Take care and be well.